0: Thank you for joining us for this special Friday edition of Main Thing Radio. Today, guest speakers Peter and Cynthia Shepard will continue tackling life issues from a married perspective.
1: Everybody was saying, this is not what you should be doing. There's no way that this is what God is telling you to do. And it created so much doubt. I was conflicted, like, but God's telling me this, and then all my circle's telling me no. But it was important that I knew then how to discern the voice of the Lord for myself, and to know where He was guiding me to go. And I thank God for that. Because most people were telling me to do exactly opposite of what he wanted me to do.
0: Nehemiah experienced great opposition while accomplishing what God had called him to do. Today, Peter and Cynthia will share how they have experienced that in their own journey. When trying to discern what God was saying, in contrast to all the opposition and doubt they were finding along the way. Stick around after today's message from our special guest speakers. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here are Peter and Cynthia with today's message.
1: Sometimes uh, the moment opposition comes, people think, oh, well, this must not be the will of the Lord. And you see that here, this is the Lord's will, and the enemy does come to try to attack and take what the Lord is doing. We see how Nehemiah has these doubters trying to destroy the work even before it begins or before it's completed. And we can relate to that in our lives. In my life, I've had a lot of people that come and try to destroy things before they begin, and sometimes they're even the people that are closest to you. For example, in my life, all my major turning points are for some reason marked by me like moving across the country. So when I first got saved, I moved from New York to Florida and that was an answer to my prayer. I had prayed that the Lord would change my entire life And also, I moved again before I got married. The Lord called me to Maine from Florida for a season alone with him, an affair with Jesus. But right before both of these huge moves, the people closest to me, my immediate family and friends, everybody was saying, this is not what you should be doing. There's no way that this is what God is telling you to do. And... It created so much doubt. I was conflicted, like, but God's telling me this, and then all my circle's telling me no. But it was important that I knew then how to discern the voice of the Lord for myself and to know where he was guiding me to go. And I thank God for that, because most people were telling me to do exactly opposite of what he wanted me to do. And never again would I wanna imagine my life without being outside of God's will. So it's very important to know what he has called you to do, and to stay strong in that.
2: To be steadfast, absolutely. If you want to turn to chapter five, verse fourteen, we're going to look there real quickly. And as you turn there, we'll kind of recap. So so far, we've seen that God has given us a compassion or a need to fulfill, as he did to Nehemiah. Then he grants us favor, and then we need to plan and prepare, as Nehemiah did and now we've seen how there are doubters and opposition that will always come and try to destroy the work God gave you. Is that hidden home for anybody? Yeah? I mean, Nehemiah, it's so much applicable to our lives. So in chapter five, verse 14, it says, moreover, from the time that I was appointed to be the governor in the land of Judah, from the 20th year until the 32nd year of King Artaxerxes, 12 years, neither I nor my brothers ate the governor's provisions, but the former governors who were before me laid burdens on the people and took from the bread and wine besides 40 shekels of silver. Yes, even their servants bore rule over the people, but I did not do so because of the fear of God because of the fear of God. Indeed, verse 16, I also continued the work on this wall, and we did not buy any land. All my servants were gathered there for the work. So we'll stop there from that chapter. What I see there is just, it's incredible, his sacrifice that he gave. He was given this position now of governor, right? And similar with our governor, he could have had any land, he could have worked political deals for his favor. And a lot of times, unfortunately, we see that in our world today where people, they want to do a good work, but yet they have to make ends meet. It's got to be like, oh, this has got to still be positive. I got to be in the green to make this work. And that's why I've been really humbled to be under this church leadership with Pastor Robert and Elizabeth and see their hearts for fully surrendered lives, right? They started this church and they had to work full-time jobs Beyond that, for many years, up until, I think only six years ago, they were working full-time jobs still just to make ends meet, just to make it work, because they didn't want it to be a burden on the church to the people that God gave them compassion for. And it's a beautiful thing that when we can see that from our leadership and how it's applied here in our lives. So they were dedicated to be sure that they were not a burden, the people they're ministering to.
1: So then in chapter six, we see that the walls completed in record time. And I'll read the two verses, chapter 6, 15, and 16. So the wall was finished on the 25th day of Elul in 52 days. And it happened when all our enemies heard of it and all the nations around us saw these things that they were very disheartened in their own eyes. For they perceived that this work was done by our God.
2: Only 52 days and they rebuilt all the walls. Praise God. Amen. Right? Amen. And it's the same thing that he wants to do in our lives. He wants to do a miraculous work and an amazing period of time. And it's incredible to see that. I'm going to quickly recap the next chapters, and we're going to end up on the last chapter, Nehemiah 13. So chapter 7, basically God puts on Nehemiah's heart to register the people by genealogy. So he just has all of them get registered by their people, by who they are, genealogy. Then in chapter 8, Ezra reads the law of Moses, and the people reinstate the Feast of Tabernacles and come live in Jerusalem. So before, they weren't living in Jerusalem. There were no people in the city because it wasn't a fortified city, so people were outside of the walls. So now for the first time, people are coming to live in the city. In chapter nine, the people confess sins. They praise God and remember his faithfulness through the years. And we see that happen all the time, right? When you start ministering to people, that's when the work starts beginning. begin, right? So they dealt with the physical needs, and now they're dealing with the spiritual needs, that these people need to understand the law of God, understand what it is that God had put before them, how awesome their God was in time before. So he started to read the law of Moses. In chapter 10, they instituted Old Testament biblical ordinances, Chapter 11, people were put into different cities to make uh, everything work, so outside the city, inside the city, farmers, shepherds, all these different things. In chapter 12, there's a big celebration with many worship singers and the people worship their God. It's a huge memory stone for them, which is very important that we always have an event to be able to remember what God has done in our lives. Elizabeth will tell you, make sure you write down things that God has done in your life so you can always go back to it and remember. And so the celebration was that for them. So then we go to chapter 13, and this is where we'll finish up. Nehemiah, he leaves the city for a time. And can anybody guess what happens? Once the leader leaves, once the shepherd goes, what happens?
1: They went right back to their old ways. They
2: go right back to their old ways. The
1: work is never done.
2: The, yeah, the, We're
1: so prone to wander like sheep without a shepherd.
2: That's right. So without any pun intended, but the sheep always need a shepherd. (laughs) And that's what we're called to go do, is to try to be a shepherd to those that God would uh, entrust us with. So to recap, we see that Nehemiah received compassion for his people in the same way God has given you a compassion for a certain calling. Then God provided all Nehemiah needed to do the work, just like God has provided Cynthia and I all that we've needed to do our work, and he continues to provide so faithfully, every time. Then Nehemiah went out, and he surveyed the land. He prepared, and he executed it, right? So he went out there. He went out by night. He didn't let anybody know what he was doing, but he prepared. He understood what was happening, and then he executed it. Ultimately, even though they faced opposition, even though they had doubters, they had these enemies mocking them, they succeeded because God allowed them to, right? If God is for us, then who can be against us, right? Right? Finally, we understand that the work is never done and that the sheep always need a shepherd. So ultimately, we can see Christ in the story. It is suggested that Christ is like Nehemiah, who leaves an exalted position from heaven, and he comes to identify with the plight of his people and to lead them into restoration. Pictured in Nehemiah's prayerful dependence on God. The book of Nehemiah shows us the kind of significance, impact one individual can have on a nation. Nehemiah was a layman. He was a regular guy just like you and me, right? Just like you and me. Any of us could be a Nehemiah in our world today. And that's a beautiful thing to think that God would choose us to be able to do that, and we can be. So God uses all manner of people in all manner of places, doing all manner of work. Do you feel that you must be in a ministry in order to serve God? Because be encouraged. He is not limited by your vocation. In fact, God has placed you exactly where you are for a reason. In Colossians 3.17, it says this. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. And in Ephesians 2.15, we're reminded, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good work, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God has already got your work set out. He's already prepared it. He already knows what He's going to have you do. You just need to surrender yourself to it and be devoted, be willing to sacrifice, and be determined to do that.
3: His love is the main thing. His love is the main
0: thing. Though one may be overpowered by another, Two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. This verse is from the book of Ecclesiastes, and this is at the very heart of the vision for this special Friday edition of Main Thing Radio. Jesus.